will be up to the offensive line. No, Prince is going to throw for it. Got to get it off. They go for the ball game. office pool mania you know what it is it's my favorite time of the year and i always thought you know what it was about time i start making a podcast for those of us that love this time of year they get into their pool their bowl pools whether it's a you know the espn bowl mania confidence points straight up or against the spread which i prefer well i wanted to create a podcast so that i could help those out that maybe aren't familiar with the system or maybe not familiar with the teams involved they need a lean. They need a help to diagnose how to pick these games because you're not just trying to pick the favorite mascot or the colors. You're trying to win some money this year for your holiday season, and that's why I'm here. So without further ado, let's get to some games right off the back. So right away, every single year, we start with the first, or it's the third, or it's usually the second or the third Saturday, depending how rivalry weekend falls in November. That's when you're first big day of bowl games happen and it happens to be December 15th this year you have five games on that first day and I'm going to break down all 39 normal bowl games for you that includes the semifinals and the CFP we won't necessarily go into the championship game because usually you're only deciding on like the total points for that game as your tiebreaker in your pool so we won't worry about that but let's get right off the bat let's go right to December 15th we have five games on that first day First up, we have the New Mexico Bowl. Or I'm sorry, technically they changed the times on these this year. It looks like it's the Cure Bowl. So we have you, Louisiana, formerly known as Louisiana Lafayette. They're taking on Tulane. Now, all of the spreads that I'm going to be using for this podcast are basically from my pool, the one that I am currently in, and their spread lines. And, well, I take it back. It lo- No, that's right. The same times. This year, the Cure Bowl is the first one. It's at one thirty on CBS Sports Network. Uh, yes, Tulane versus Louisiana. And Tulane is currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, this is a very hard one to start off with right off the back because they're both pretty evenly split teams, and they pretty much play the same style. I mean, they're, they're very explosive offenses, but they depend on their rushing game, so they're not very explosive in the passing game. Uh, you're talking about a... Tulane team that went into Ohio State and really you just they weren't competitive. But outside of that, and especially in their conference play, they were they stood up. They played really well. There were some games where they played close games where they probably shouldn't have been. But for the most part, their offensive their offense on the rushing side of things have completely controlled how their season has gone. And then you look on the other side for Louisiana. You know, outside of their two losses to Appalachian State, one in the regular season, one in their conference championship game in the Sun Belt. 
you know, they, they've done what they needed to do. They won the games they're supposed to. They lost the games they were supposed to. They also had some close games that kind of scratched your head a little bit. A 10-point win over South Alabama, a team that was pretty much incompetent the entire season. But like I said, it's a three-and-a-half-point spread, what I have. You know, your pool might be different. Uh, the, the spread's pretty indicative of how evenly split these two teams are. Uh, if you're asking for a lean, I, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm going to go with a more hot team. And I know they lost their conference championship game, but give me Louisiana Lafayette only for the sake of you're getting the hook. And for a lot of betters, that's that's that point five added on to maybe an even score that you might see in a football game, whether it's three, seventeen, fourteen. Those even scoring plays, if they have a hook under them, they'll have an extra half point. Let's go with the three and a half. Let's take Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. And hopefully they can pull one out. And I'll try to make these all quick and fast. I don't want this to be a very long podcast because I know you guys want to get to the point. Leans and whatnot, what you need to know so that you can get your picks in by Saturday at noon. All right. So the next game we have on the docket is that New Mexico Bowl. It is Utah State versus North Texas. Utah State is a nine and a half point favorite. There's a couple of trends I don't like in this game in terms if you want to take the Aggies first off the head coach. Matt Wells has already agreed to a deal with Texas Tech. He's gone. Doesn't sound like he's going to coach the bowl game, but there is an oper- There might be a chance where he does get some waiver from Texas Tech that he can coach it. But that it's one of those things. It's, it takes the the mindset of the team off of the game. It starts to think of, wow, we just lost our head coach. You see it a lot during the bowl season. It can have a negative effect on teams. So nine and a half is a lot of points too. And you're talking about two teams that are offensively driven. Both are top 15 in passing offense, but Mason finding the quarterback for North Texas should be enough to keep this game close. Nine and a half is a lot of points in bowl season. Whenever I see it get over seven, that's when I start to lean more towards the underdog than the favorite about nine out of ten times. There's one game in this bowl slate where you will. Now, even that game, you're probably going to want to take the underdog as bad as the underdog is. But, yeah, these big spreads in bowl season, you want to try to lean with the underdogs. More often than not, you're going to win with the underdog. Uh, because Mason Fine and the Mean Green can put up points like crazy, they should be able to keep within striking distance against Utah State, who has played below their potential in recent games. They should have lost before. Just a terrible rule, in my opinion, changed the outcome of the game against Colorado State. Colorado State should have won on a Hail Mary against Utah State, a team that I think has maybe three wins on the season. Utah State can play down to the competition, and... North Texas tends to play up. You know, they should have been in their conference championship game outside of a couple mishaps in a couple games this year. Give me North Texas getting nine and a half. Um, If you're in a straight-up pool, I'd probably put this on the lower end of the confidence spectrum, but I would take Utah State in that situation. Next game on the docket, we have the Las Vegas Bowl, Arizona State versus Fresno State. I have Fresno State as a a four-and-a-half-point favorite, and I love this line for the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs have given up under 14 points, and I believe it's three of the last five games they played. They won a tough game in the Mountain West Conference Championship on the Smurf turf against Boise State a couple weeks ago. Uh, Marcus McMarion, the quarterback for Fresno State, is a very good game manager. He gets the ball to the star receiver quite often. Keyshawn Johnson, a very, very good one. Uh, on the flip side, you have a key notable player sitting out this game for Arizona State. It's top receiver, probably top receiver in the draft coming up, Nikhil Harry. He's going to sit it out. You still have Eno Benjamin, the running back, and Manny Wilkins. 
But I don't know if Herm Edwards' team is quite honestly good enough without Nikhil Harry. They've they've won decent games. They've lost some bad ones. They can stay in games, but four and a half is low enough to where I feel like I'm comfortable taking Fresno State. I would also take Fresno State straight up. It would be in the bottom half of my confidence pool, but it's probably closer to the middle than most would think. Uh, next game on the docket, we have Eastern Michigan versus Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern's currently a small 1.5 point favorite. Uh, this one is rather easy for me because I'm a huge Georgia Southern fan and how they play the game. They're a really, really sound team. Uh, the, yeah, this Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. Uh, Eastern Michigan doesn't really have a lot that impresses you. I, I don't know if that's fair to say. They're they're rather inconsistent MAC team, and MAC teams tend to not show up in bowl games unless their name is Toledo or Ohio. Um, yeah, I I really like how Georgia Southern gets their running game going. Uh, they've won a lot of big games this year. They blew out Appalachian State at home in a primetime game on a Thursday night. They have the offense to just put up points like crazy on the ground. I don't know if Eastern Michigan's run defense is good enough to slow down the Eagles. Um, just by looking at it right now, they're 93rd in the nation against run de- or as a run defense facing a top 10 route in offense. So right now, you're seeing a mismatch in that statistic that tells you that it's probably a good idea to lean with the small favorite. And honestly, I could see this being a bigger spread than it currently is. I mean, I, I honestly could see Georgia Southern winning this by 10-plus points, double digits. I, I think they're that good. Go with the Georgia Southern Eagles and roll with it. Take it. Uh, last game on the first day, the New Orleans Bowl. You have Appalachian State versus Middle Tennessee State. You have kind of a contrast in teams in this one. Uh, Appalachian State depends on defense plus a strong running game with their quarterback. Uh, they just lost their head coach to the Louisville job, so that could be something interesting to watch out for. On the flip side, Middle Tennessee State as the Stock Still family, the head coach and the quarterback are both related. They have good chemistry and they've done really well in bowl games. Um, I I like this line. Appalachian State's a six and a half point favorite. I like the underdog in this one. I think they can win it outright. I don't know if they will, but six and a half seems like a lot of points. Uh, let's take the Blue Raiders. Blue Raiders getting six and a half. If you're doing confidence pool, put this one on the low spectrum and take Appalachian State, but honestly don't feel too good about it. Uh, next up, another kind of iffy one, UAB versus Northern Illinois. Uh, Northern Illinois kind of fits the same bold as uh, Eastern Michigan, not very impressive on offense, but I will give credit to the Huskies on their defensive side of the ball. Sutton Smith, the defensive end, uh, was the leading sack, or I guess you call it the leading sack leader last year, back in 2017. I don't think he's there this year, but he's, he's still a very solid prospect. He'll probably be a mid-round draft pick in the upcoming draft. Uh, besides that, their offense was able to move the ball against Buffalo in the MAC championship game, but that's a Buffalo defense that really isn't anything to, to kind of flex over. So I, I, I don't know if I, I like Northern Illinois in this situation. Other If their pass rush can get going in this game, it'll be hard for UAB to get anything going. But, uh, yeah, no, give me Bill Clark and the Blazers. You know, their second straight bowl game. Two-and-a-half-point favorite. I, I tend to like to go with teams that I can trust and move the ball more. So give me UAB in this situation. But they did they did screw up a lot of people's 
pools last year when they got blown out by OU. So uh, be careful with that. Uh, December 9th, or excuse me, December 19th, the Frisco Bowl, OU, Ohio University taking on San Diego State. Ohio is currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, quickly looking at this one, you know what you're getting with San Diego State and Rocky Long's team. You're getting a strong defensive team, and they're going to want to run the ball with their tailbacks. They are a stable of tailbacks in the past. They had Donnell Pumphrey. They had uh, Rashawn Penny that just came out and went to the Seahawks. Go ahead and give me Ohio in this game. Uh, I don't know if I can trust the consistency of San Diego State, which they don't really have. Um, yeah, they don't really have any consistency on offense. They have been consistent on defense, which is good for them, but uh, Frank Solich's team is hot right now. I've, I think they've won four of the last five games. They're going to pound out on the ground with A.J. Allett, Nathan Rourke, and Malik Irons. They're all averaging over 6.2 yards per carry for the Bobcats. I could see this being somewhere around a 7-8 point win for the Bobcats. Go ahead and give me OU in this game straight up and against the spread. Uh, next game we have is the Gasparilla Bowl. It's in Tampa, Florida, between Marshall and South Florida. So you, you might want to take the home team, per se. They're playing in their home stadium. A lot of times I would follow that that idea. But from what I've seen from Charlie Strong's team in South Florida this year, I'm, I'm not really impressed by them. They uh, they have a lot, <laughs> a lot of problems. They started out with Blake Barnett as their starting quarterback early in the year. He's gone through some injury issues, just never really got it going. They're unsure about his availability for the bowl game. Uh, they started off 7-0 in the season, but they uh, <laughs> they lost the last five. Uh, they're 6-0 against teams that aren't going to bowl games, and they're 1-5 against teams that are bowl eligible. So that that tells you they can beat the teams they're supposed to, but when it comes to teams that they're on the same playing field with, it's it's not very good for their favor. On the flip side, this isn't your typical Doc Holiday high-flying offense Marshall team that you've seen in the past. But uh, their their running game's okay. They score. Their scoring is kind of steady. Uh, this team gets it done with a terrific defense. So if they let UCF get going early, this might get ugly. But if they can contain this offense, Jordan Cronkite, the running back for UCF or USF, excuse me. Uh, I believe I would go with Marshall in this one. It's they're both non-impressive teams in this bowl game, and those are kind of the hardest ones to pick. Honestly, I would put this as number one or number two in your confidence pool because th- these teams haven't proven all year that they can separate themselves when faced with top-end competition. The only thing you can go with this trend in this game is that Marshall under Doc Holliday is a pretty good bowl team. They beat a pretty good Colorado State team last year in a bowl game. So maybe that c- trend continues. So next we go to the... Bahamas Bowl, everybody's favorite, December 21st, Friday, 1230 on ESPN. It's between Toledo and Florida International. Toledo is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, from FIU, you know what you're getting. You're getting Butch Davis, the head coach. He has a pretty good program rolling down there, very offensive. Um, offense is usually the sp- star for this team. They have a star grad transfer, for James Morgan from Bowling Green. He's a sharp quarterback. Uh, their offense has scored 36 points or more six times in the last 10 games. There's a lot of explosion on this team. Flip side, Toledo, very explosive in their own right on offense. They lost one of their quarterbacks earlier in the season. Eli Peters is now the filling guy, and he's done pretty well for them. Uh, their their uh, 
their running games was a killer for the offense that exploded for 45 points or more in seven games this year. Now, Peters is starting to develop more as a passer. That will help against a, a FIU team that isn't really strong on the defensive end. Uh, Toledo wins the games they should, loses the games they sh- they probably should too. Uh, there's not really anything on Toledo's resume that says that they l- play down to their c- opponents, and I like that, especially going against a team in FIU that has played down in their conference. Go ahead and give me Toledo. I always love to go with their side in bowl games because I know they're going to put up points. Uh, FIU can, but have they played a team as quality as Toledo this year? Uh, we're we're going to find out. Uh, up next, the Idaho Potato Bowl. Nobody's going to be watching this, but December 21st, 4 p.m. on ESPN. BYU's an 11.5-point favorite. Uh, BYU doesn't really have anything good going for them. They've played really, really ugly games, a 7-6 to loss at home to Northern Illinois, that Northern Illinois team we told you that is not very explosive on offense. Yes, they can keep a low scoring, but they can't score many points on their own right. And then you're talking to the, about a Western Michigan team that in their own right it's okay defensively. They're not going to really impress you. And offensively, you know, they've gone through droughts and then they've hit hot spots. But, again, when you're talking about two teams that are inconsistent like this and you've seen an 11.5-point spread, it makes you eager to take that po- those points as an underdog. Give me the Broncos getting 11.5 in the Idaho Potato Bowl. Next up, the 22nd, the Birmingham Bowl between Wake Forest and Memphis. Memphis is giving 5.5 as the favorite. Uh, this game's pretty evenly split. Now the only I'm Darrell Henderson, a running back for Memphis, is an absolute stud. He should have been at the Heisman ceremony. It's a shame he was not up there. Uh, on the flip side, Wake Forest, Greg Dortch, the sophomore wide receivers. He's a talent. He's gonna be a very talented receiver in the NFL one day. Both of these teams have inconsistencies. They really both teams can't stop anybody, so this might be total score up near ninety points. I wouldn't be surprised to see it. I wanna go with the underdog just because I like to go with the hot teams during bowl season and we just watched Memphis blow a huge seventeen point lead at UCF without Milton McKenzie. Or <laughs> excuse me, McKenzie Milton. Can't even remember his name. Yes, Mackenzie Milton, of course, the great quarterback for UCF. Uh, yeah, but I maybe this is a three-point game, a last-second field goal. And Wake Wake Forest is coming off a huge, huge win against their rival Duke. They blew him out. Uh, yeah, go with the hot hand, go with the Demon Deacons, and feel happy with happy with a W, in my opinion. Next up is the Armed Forces Bowl. We have Army taking on Houston Armies, a small three and a half point favorite. We just saw them struggle against Navy in the infamous Army-Navy game, but don't take that for too much. It happens every year. That game is always close, and it's always scoring is very, very limited. We saw it last year, and then they went out and just handed San Diego State an enormous loss. Now, the score didn't dictate that because they never really do. They don't overscore teams a whole lot, but they just dominate the games. And I believe they'll do that here, especially with the Houston team that's going to be missing Ed Oliver sitting out and the Enric King who tours ACL a couple weeks ago. Give me the the Army Black Knights, or they changed their name to the Cadets. At this point, they've changed so much about the program, I don't know. But go with Army, giving three and a half. Confidence pool, I would take Army, and I'd probably put them just over the half, halfway point. 
Uh, next game, we have the Dollar General Bowl, everybody's favorite bowl to attend. Buffalo taking on Troy. Buffalo is a small two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, here's my train of thought. As long as Neil Brown's still the head coach of Troy, I'm always going to take Troy's side, especially with Buffalo being as inconsistent as they've been all year. Uh, especially in that Mac championship game. They just were so unimpressive. Uh, Troy's, they're, I, Troy's a team that's very experienced in bowl games, especially under Neil Brown. Neil Brown's taking them to the third bowl game under him. They're already 2-0 and in bowl games under Brown. Meanwhile, you look at the other side, Buffalo really doesn't have a whole lot of experience. And you have inconsistent play from the quarterback, Tyree Jackson, and Anthony Johnson's a hit and miss whether he's going to show up for a game or not. You know, you have games like uh, the MAC championship game against Northern Illinois, and then they got blown out by Miami of Ohio on a mac Wednesday night or something like that. Like, they just aren't always consistent. And when I'm picking bowl games, I want teams that are consistent like Troy. Uh, two and a half, perfect. Give it to me. Give me the Troy Trojans in this one. Uh, up next, the Hawaii Bowl, the home team. This is one I'm taking when they're playing at home. Hawaii, whenever they're on the islands, you take them. Giving one and a half to Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech's not the team of the past couple of years. Their offense is anemic, but their secondary is amazing. Hawaii, on the other hand, will give up 40 points to just about anybody, but they're going to put up 60 themselves. Uh, Cole McDonald, an amazing quarterback for the Rainbow Warriors. 35 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Spreads the ball around to everybody. Most notably, John Ursua, great wide receiver for the Rainbow Warriors. Give me Hawaii in this game. I would probably put this a little bit higher on my confidence spectrum because I've I mean, I've been burned by Hawaii and the Hawaii Bowl before. They come to play and excited, and their fans show up. It is a true home field advantage during the Hawaii Bowl for, for this team. They they show out. They get excited for it. Go ahead and take Hawaii in this game and feel pretty confident with it. Uh, next up, we're going to go to the first responders bowl, Boston College versus Boise State. Boise State's a small two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, with this game, A.J. Dillon's been battling injuries throughout the season, and the status will be worth monitoring getting closer to this game. Meanwhile, on the other side for Boise State, Brett Ripien, I, I mean, he can give Boise State the fourth bowl victory in, in the last five seasons. There's another consistency factor. This is a team that can get to the postseason and knows how to handle postseason success. Ripien's one of the best quarterbacks coming out in the draft this year. He can lead a team in any type of game. You want to play a low-scoring game, he'll play efficient. If you need to go high-scoring, he will go score for score with you. Uh, in this game, Boston College is just they're in a rut. Ever since that Clemson game, they've just been the arrow's been going down for the Eagles. Uh, go ahead and give me the Broncos in this one. Boise State giving two and a half. Next up, the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit. You have Minnesota taking on Georgia Tech. Paul Johnson's last game for the Rambling Wreck. Georgia Tech is giving up three and a half. Uh, I, I like playing the narrative here, more so because I don't like Minnesota. I, I love P.J. Fleck, but I just don't know if their team is that great. And I, and I don't know what they're going to do to try to stop this triple option. I, I haven't... I In these games where you're talking about a team that really hasn't faced a triple option before and you're talking about an explosive triple option like Georgia Tech's can be, 
I tend to want to take the triple option team just because, you know, you're talking about a team that hasn't dealt with it before. You don't know how they're going to respond to it. I wouldn't feel comfortable taking Minnesota in this game. I'm handing out the three and a half with Georgia Tech, and I'll feel rather confident with that. Next up, the Cheez-It Bowl. TCU taking on Cal. Cal is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, and I don't understand that. Cal, they, they can't score. So I, I don't know how you would be comfortable taking Cal, giving one-and-a-half in this situation. On the flip side, TCU decimated with injuries, guys getting kicked off, Cavante Turpin with his incident in New Mexico in the preseason that somehow went under the just went under the table no one really knew about. Um, yeah. Both of these teams are very strong defensively, but they're not going to do a whole lot offensively. I think watch out for TCU, Jalen Rager, the good wide receiver. He's got a blazing 40 speed. He can change this game, and I think that will be enough to change this game. Uh, Cows, their offense is like pulling teeth. They, they've scored less, 15 points or fewer in four of the last five games. They were held to three points against Stanford in the, fi- in the game. <laughs> I don't. Here's my thing. If you want to take points or give points in bowl games, you have to be confident that an offense can score. And if you can't be confident in Cal to score in this game, I don't know how you can take them as a favorite. Give me TCU. I'll take it. Next up, the Independence Bowl between Temple and Duke. Uh, Temple's coach Jeff Collins just agreed to become the next Georgia Tech head coach. It's undetermined if he will be able to coach in a bowl game. My understanding is it's not very likely but uh, i mean we'll we'll find out within the next couple of days hopefully uh duke lost its last two games by a combined score of 94 to 13 that's that's not a very good trend you don't want to see that during bowl bowl season but david cutcliffe has won his last two bowl games with the blue demons uh Meanwhile, Temple's been hot. They won their last three games. They've been hot even since that big game against UCF a couple weeks ago. A lot of people want to go with Duke, but this is one of those situations where I'm going to ignore the coaching change, and I'm going to go with Temple. I just think Temple's a much better team than Duke, and giving up three and a half isn't really that much to me. Go ahead and take the Owls in that one. Next up is the Pinstripe Bowl. It's a rematch of the Orange Bowl from last year, Miami, Wisconsin. Both teams have been poor on offense. And Wisconsin's been average on defense. They haven't been themselves. Meanwhile, Miami's been pretty decent on defense. They've had some lapses, but overall, pretty decent. Miami's currently the three-and-a-half-point favorite, and I don't love this. I don't love that line at all. Like, I want to take Wisconsin, but I honestly feel like they could easily get blown out in this game. On the other side, I don't want to take Miami because I don't know if I can trust that offense. And most situations where I get down to that, I go with a team that's proven in bowl season. And one thing I know is that Paul Christ will get a team ready for a bowl game no matter what it is. Give me the Badgers, go with the Big Ten, getting three and a half in a pinstripe bowl. Next up, Texas Bowl. Baylor versus Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's a small three-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, pretty evenly split teams. There's not really anything that pops your eye off the screen when you look at both of these teams. Uh, Kyle Shermer, the quarterback for Vanderbilt, has been very, very good in his senior year. Son of Pat Shermer, head coach for the New York Giants. Uh, Shermer has 23 touchdowns to six interceptions. 
Matt Rule's done a pretty good job of getting Baylor back to some sort of relevance after the scandals. But I I I wish I could give you a why I'm leaning one way or another in this, but I'll go with the quarterback situation in Vanderbilt, and I I tend to like SEC teams over Big 12 teams in bowl season. Go ahead and give me Vanderbilt giving three and a half to Baylor. Next up, we have the Music City Bowl. It is between Auburn and Purdue. Auburn is giving up four and a half. Uh, I'm not very impressed with this Auburn team. I don't know if Jarrett Stidham's going to play in this game. He has declared for the NFL draft already. Um, on the other side, I love Rondale Moore, over 2,000 scrimmage yards for the bowler maker. Uh, David Blau is a very ser- serviceable quarterback. Purdue's known to play up to the competition and down to the competition at the same time. I believe in this situation they're going to play up. Auburn has not been prepared in bowl games. We saw that last year against UCF. Three and a half. I like that field goal, that hook with the field goal on it. I believe Purdue could win this game, but I would be more comfortable taking Auburn straight up. But with three and a half, go ahead and give me Purdue to cover the spread, but it might backfire terribly, and I'm very sorry about that. And here we go with probably the biggest highlighted game on this slate because more than likely your pool was set before the major announcement came down in this game. I'm talking about the Camping World Bowl. It's between West Virginia and Syracuse. Now, depending on what your pool has it at, I mean, mine currently has it at West Virginia giving 7.5, and and that's incredible even before the news of Will Greer sitting out this bowl game and advance to the the NFL draft. Now, even with Will Greer, I would have been hesitant to taking that, especially with a two-score spread in bowl season is dangerous. You have to... You have to feel confident that that team is that much better than the team they're facing. I didn't really feel that even before hearing this news. Now that I'm hearing this news, not only am I taking Syracuse getting the 7.5, I'm guaranteed a full score cushion, unless if someone goes for two. I also know that they're not going to have their quarterback, and I can go straight up, and especially if Eric Dungy's healthy, Go ahead and take Syracuse. Now, if you hear before you're turning in your sheet that Eric Dungy is likely going to be out for this game because of all the injuries he's battled throughout his career, especially this season, then you might have to double-take this. But go ahead and give me the orange, getting 7.5 until I hear otherwise. Next up is the Alamo Bowl. Uh, it's between Iowa State and Washington State. Currently, Washington State's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I I don't love Washington State during bowl season. They tend to not show up. They didn't last year in the Holiday Bowl against Michigan State. Uh, Washington State could be playing with a chip on its shoulder by being snubbed from a New Year's, six, New Year's Day six bowl. Uh, Gardner Minshew missed out on the Heisman finalist ceremony. That might also put a chip on his shoulder. Meanwhile, Iowa State didn't play very well in their season finale pay game against Drake. But you always know Matt Campbell's going to get this team ready. And the Cyclones are already used to playing in shootouts. So this is hard. Like, I love what Mike Leach is building in Washington State, but I believe Iowa State's more built for this game. And typically, this Alamo Bowl has been dominated by the Big 12. Now, I say dominated lightly because it's been a lot of comebacks late. We remember a couple years ago, Oregon blew a big lead against 
TCU. And then just last year, Stanford blew a lead against TCU. These Big 12 teams tend to match up very well against the Pac-12. Go ahead and give me the Cyclones. I, I don't feel too comfortable after how they played that Drake game. But then again, that was like a mud pit. If you saw that game, it was it was ugly to watch. Bad conditions. I'm not going to hold it too much against them. I think Iowa State can win this game straight up. But if you're feeling what I'm feeling, I would take Washington State and put them on the lower end of the confidence pool if you're doing the straight up Bull Mania ESPN style. Uh, next up, we start into... or No, this is the first game before the... New Year's Six Day Bowls. It's the Belk Bowl. South Carolina versus Virginia. South Carolina is currently a four and a half point favorite. Uh, lots of angles to look at this one. South Carolina. It's. South Carolina is very good offensively. Jake Bentley is a very good quarterback. I believe Debo Samuel announced that he's going to sit out this game. So that takes away probably his biggest big play player. Uh, on the flip side, Virginia, not very impressive. They win games they're supposed to. They're just they're a very boring average team. I do like that this game is close to home for South Carolina. It'd probably be more of a home field advantage for them. And I believe Jake Bentley will cap off his junior season with a victory. Go ahead and give me South Carolina, probably winning by seven or eight points. That'll be enough to cover this game of four and a half. So go ahead and give me the Gamecocks covering four and a half against Virginia, and I would also take them straight up. And now we move into the New Year's Day six bowls, starting off with the Peach Bowl between Michigan and Florida. It's a rematch of a couple years ago. Michigan's currently a seven and a half point favorite, and I got to be honest with you, this is a this is a very big line, but I I also don't have much belief in this Florida team. I I mean, this is a Florida team that got blown out at home by Missouri. Felipe Franks, I don't think he's the long-term answer at quarterback. There is a chance that Dan Mullen gets uh, Emory Jones, the backup quarterback, sometime. And if that's the case, I think Michigan could run away with this game like they did a couple years ago. I know Rashawn Gary's going to be sitting out the game, but I know you're going to get Chase Winovich. He's going to want to play for pride reasons. Uh, Shea Patterson will be playing. Karan Higdon. I think... Michigan just has the horses to dominate this game, while Florida doesn't. Florida just kind of feels like they're they're not mentally in it. But at the same time, you could say the same with Michigan with how they ended that Ohio State game. But, I mean, talent speaks. And I believe Michigan would cover the seven, seven and a half. And I'm probably in the minority in that. But I just feel like they're a much better team than Florida. And it would take a monumental letdown for Michigan to either lose this game or win by less than a touchdown. So give me Michigan, but you know what? I might clearly be wrong at the end of it. Uh, Non-New Year's Six Day Bowl, but it happens to be playing during that time span. It's the Arizona Home Loans Bowl that no one ever gets to see because it's on some obscure channel every year, but it's between Arkansas State and Nevada. We're talking about two teams that are going to throw it all over the field. Justice Hansen, the quarterback for the Red Wolves of Arkansas State, He's been a very good quarterback. Hopefully he's taken late in the NFL draft and is a steal as a backup for a long career because I think he's a very good guy. Uh, on the other side for Nevada, Ty Gangi, the quarterback, he is pretty decent. He's had an up-and-down season. They have a bad taste in their mouth with a loss to a very, very below-average UNLV team in their rivalry game, which kind of raised my eyebrow, especially looking towards this game. 
I believe they can go score for score with Arkansas State. The only issue is, is that this is essentially a pick em with Arkansas State only being a half a point favorite. So that at that point, you're pretty much just picking straight up. And, uh, and Arkansas State is the better team looking at it. They haven't had many losses like what Nevada did against UNLV. Give me the Red Wolves. I'll take it and be happy with it. Let's go to the military bowl between Cincinnati and Virginia Tech. Cincinnati's currently a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Virginia Tech isn't a very sexy team at all. They're, there's not a whole lot great about them. They lost their quarterback earlier in the season. Uh, kind of wishfully walked their way into a bowl game by beating Marshall late in the year. Uh, Cincinnati, on the other side, is a very good defensive team and very good offensively. They're just solid all around, and I think they'll win this game pretty big. Go ahead and give me the Bearcats. Next up, we have Michigan State versus Oregon. Michigan State is, no, Oregon's currently the two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, both of these teams, very inconsistent. Michigan State probably more than the other, but this is going to be the first defensive test for Justin Herbert since the Las Vegas Bowl last year against Boise State, and he did not do very well in that game at all. Uh, I think Kenny Willekes and crew for the Spartans on the defensive side will make life hard for Herbert if he decides to play in this game. Uh, Mich- Michigan State under Mark D'Antonio, they've won five of the last six bowl games they played in. Uh, I-, I tend to like that streak to continue, although Michigan State needs to generate some offense to match. But I do think they will because I don't think Oregon's defense is anything to be impressed by. And hopefully Brian Lewerke plays like we've expected him to all year long. Hopefully. Or if not, Rocky Lombardi. Somebody has to get that offense going. But go ahead and give me Michigan State. Uh, next up, we have the... Looks like the Liberty Bowl between Missouri and Oklahoma State. Missouri's a 7.5-point favorite. Um, there's not really a whole lot I need to tell you about this game because I feel, especially when you're considering it almost guaranteeing a two-score game, I, I don't like that especially with it being on the plus side of it, go ahead and give me Oklahoma State because Oklahoma State's going to score. Yes, I know they're without Justice Hill, the running back, but he really wasn't that much of a factor late in the game, late in the season. And Oklahoma State always keeps games close when they're the underdog, when they're not supposed to be in it. We saw it with Texas. We saw it with Oklahoma. Uh, they're, they're playing a team that they shouldn't be in the game with. And I like that trend to continue. They're going to keep it within a touchdown. Go ahead and give me the Cowboys in that matchup. Next up, we have the Holiday Bowl between Northwestern and Utah. Utah is currently a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I don't like that at all for Utah. I, I think Northwestern's a gritty team. That'll keep this game close. Utah's without Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss. They're starting quarterback and receiver. or Excuse me, quarterback and running back. And we just saw how that turned out in that Pac-12 championship game against Washington. It was one of the most unwatchable games I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, They're they're very sound on the defensive side of the ball, which Utah always is. But I just don't know if they can score points. Especially as a team that's a favorite of six points or more, you got to be able to make sure they can score points. And on the other side, I know Clayton Thorson can score with anybody. He almost did it with Ohio State until his defense kind of didn't help him out very much at the end, and then he had some issues on his own. But, I mean, Utah's not Ohio State. I think they can keep this game within six and a half. Go ahead and give me the Wildcats of Northwestern. 
Up next is the Tax Slayer Bowl between NC State and Texas A&M. Texas A&M is currently a small four-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, this is a very good quarterback matchup between Ryan Finley and Kellen Mond. Should be pretty exciting, and also a chance to see Jimbo Fisher win nine games in his first season in College Station. Uh, both teams were pretty hot to end the season. Aggies, Aggies were 6-1 against the spread as a favorite this season. I tend to like to trust that line. Uh because I just, NC State has had some letdown games like the Wake Forest game that kind of scares you. On the other side, Texas A&M tends to show up depending on whatever side of the line they're on. Go ahead and give me Texas A&M giving four and a half in this game. Uh, next up, we have the Sun Bowl between Stanford and Pittsburgh. A lot of experts want to take Pittsburgh in this game. Stanford's currently a six and a half point favorite. But I like KJ Costello. I like Bryce Love. Um, I'm not really impressed with Pittsburgh, especially the team I saw against Clemson. Go ahead and give me Stanford giving six and a half in that game. Next up, the Outback Bowl, Mississippi State versus Iowa. No Noah Font for the Hawkeyes. Mississippi State's going to have Nick Fitzgerald in his final game of his collegiate career. I think that is in, that's important. Uh, Defensively, Mississippi State still has Montez Sweat. Uh, I think they're better defensively than Iowa is, and I think they're better offensively. That's kind of a recipe to create this win for the Bulldogs. Go ahead and give me Mississippi State giving six and a half. Citrus Bowl, Kentucky versus Penn State. Not really a whole lot to dive into with this. I think Kentucky's overrated. I do like Benny Snell Jr., the running back for the Wildcats. But on the flip side, I don't know if I could go past... Uh, I don't think I could pick against Penn State for the sake of who they have. I mean, Sanders is a very good running back. Now, there's question as to who is going to be the quarterback in this game, possibly. Trace McSorley has been dealing with injuries. But I, I don't see him missing his last collegiate game. I, I think that's rather funny to think that he would miss it. Go ahead and give me Penn State, given six and a half. Uh, Fiesta Bowl. UCF versus LSU. LSU is currently a seven and a half point favorite. Uh, look, there's so many narratives to go with this game. There's a couple guys sitting out defensively for LSU. That's never a good sign. Uh, seven and a half is a lot, and I mean, a lot of people tend to believe UCF could win this game outright because LSU doesn't tend to play up in bowl games. Give me the seven and a half. I'll take UCF in this game. Rose Bowl. It's Ohio State versus Washington. Six and a half is the current spread. Uh, I'm thinking touchdown or more. I, at least a touchdown win for Ohio State in this one with Urban Meyer's last game. A lot of the players on the team for Ohio State feel like they're being disrespected by the national media. This sets up so well for Ohio State in this position. Go ahead and give me Ohio State. Sugar Bowl, it's Texas and Georgia. Georgia's currently a 10.5 point favorite over the Longhorns. Uh, I, I just think Georgia's a lot better team, and they're going to be upset they got left out of the playoff. But this isn't a bad consolation prize to play a Texas team. Uh, Tom Herman is going to get this team ready to play for the Longhorns, but I just don't know if they're, I don't know if they're ready for this game yet. They're emotionally spent from that Big 12 championship game. And uh, Sam Ellinger, you never really know how that shoulder is going to hold up. He's taken a lot of hits this year on that throwing shoulder, and, I mean, a lot of times he hasn't even been able to practice throwing during the week. 
Now, how banged up he's going to be going into this New Year's Day game, who knows? But Georgia tends to blow out teams in these spots where they feel like they're slighted and should have been given a better opportunity. Give me the Bulldogs, and I'll feel pretty happy about it. Now let's go to the CFP games to wrap this podcast up. Next is the Orange Bowl. It's between Alabama and Oklahoma. Oklahoma's currently, or excuse me, Alabama's currently sitting at a 13.5-point favorite. Uh, I... I don't like that it's on the underside of the hook with the two-touchdown spread. But I think it's acceptable to take the underdog in that situation because of who you have sitting on the other side for Oklahoma. Kyler Murray's going to put up points. Alabama's shown that it can be a leaky faucet on the defensive side to the to dual-threat quarterbacks that can run the ball and can throw it. Pretty accurately, and I mean, you have the Heisman Trophy guy on the other side of it. Lincoln Riley's going to figure out a way to score points. He did it against Georgia last year. I don't see how he couldn't do it this year against Alabama. 14 is a lot. 13.5 is a lot of points to be giving up. Go ahead and give me Oklahoma in that one. And on the flip side, Clemson versus Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl. Clemson is currently a, I believe, I have it at uh, 11.5. Clemson is the favorite. That's a pretty big line, too, but we haven't seen, outside of the Michigan game, a team really challenge this Notre Dame team in their offense. I I don't feel like, I'm not going to talk about the Ball State game where they won by eight or the Pitt game. I don't really feel like we can use those fairly, but this Notre Dame team in a lot of metrics equals up to the 2012 team that got blown out by Alabama. I don't know if Ian Books faced a defensive line like Clemson's, a defensive line that might all be drafted in the first round of next year's draft. Uh, 11.5 seems a little low in this game because I think Trevor Lawrence and crew are just going to put up points on this defense. On the flip side, Notre Dame's offense, I just don't know how they could score with them. 11.5. I'll probably take Clemson in that one. So I'll go 11.5 with Clemson, but 13.5 receiving for Oklahoma in the other semifinal. Well, this came out to be about 45 minutes, and I hope it answers any questions you have. I wanted to keep it short and sweet. If you have any questions, reach out to me on all of my social media accounts, and I'd be happy to help you out. Uh, But outside that, I hope you enjoyed the bowl season. It's the best time of year, in my opinion. No offense to those that love March Madness, but to me, nothing beats this time of year where we get 30 to almost 40 games of just neutral site, teams that don't see each other very often games. That should provide great, great content for everybody that loves the sport. Uh, Good luck in your pools. Hopefully I helped you out a little bit. And if not, you can always take it out on me later. But... For nothing else, I hope you enjoy the season and talk to you on the flip side.